0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from WISE, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With WISE, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how WISE could work for you at WISE.com.
1: Today on The State of Ukraine, we meet the soldiers who do the crucial and dangerous work of removing landmines. I'm Greg Dixon in Kyiv. As Ukraine works to reclaim land occupied by Russian forces, they're encountering a landscape riddled with deadly landmines. So one of the most crucial and dangerous jobs in the Ukrainian military are those trained to identify and remove these explosives. NPR's Ukraine correspondent Joanna Kakissis recently spent some time with one of these units, and she's with me here now. Hi, Joanna. Hey, Greg. Give me a picture where in the country these mines are and where these soldiers are working. Where are they most needed?
0: So we spent some time on the southeastern front in southeastern Ukraine uh, near Zaporizhia and Dnipro. This area, just to understand how heavily mined this area is, you can take a step to the right, a step to the left, and you could literally step on the landmine. So the counteroffensive won't make any progress unless that land is demined.
1: So... As I'm picturing this in my mind, there's the line between Ukrainian forces and Russian forces. And in between them, uh, where the Russians are defending, they've just laid uh, landmines for hundreds of miles?
0: Yeah, that's right. So when the Russians retreat, what they do is they plant that territory with mines, sometimes thousands of them. And so when the soldiers... Advance, they They, can't. What they need is to bring in a group of demining experts or combat engineers, as they're also called, to remove the mines so the troops can advance.
1: So you spent some time with these soldiers who are trained to remove Mm -hmm. landmines. Let's listen to some of your reporting. All right.
0: We are driving along a dirt road to reach the landmine experts in the 35th Marine Brigade we pull over near an enormous field of sunflowers. Let's Thank go. Much, the demining unit is a short walk away, inside a camouflaged hut behind the sunflowers. These soldiers are known as sappers, after a French word describing the dismantling of enemy fortifications. Hi, nice to meet you, Joanna. Hi Misha. Hi, Misha. Nice to meet you. One sapper introduces himself as Misha. No one gives their last name here for security reasons. Misha's holding a metal detector. He wants to show me how it works. He turns it on and hovers it over a mine called the Black Widow, which his team recently found and disabled. So Misha, when you hear that sound, that like sound, you know something's up, right? Yeah. Danger sound. The sound of danger. On the front line, that means a mine lies a step or two away. In case artillery fire drowns out that sound of danger, the metal detector also vibrates to warn the sappers.
1: It's like uh, somebody calling
0: you on your cell phone. Oh, that's what it feels like, that kind of vibration. Monitoring groups say Ukraine is now the most landmine country in the world. Sapper units are especially needed along the line of attack to clear landmines left by Russian soldiers. A company commander from another unit, who uses the call sign Hans, told NPR that Ukrainian troops cannot advance without sappers. The biggest challenge is
1: landmines. Every bit of land is mined. Turning our vehicle half a meter to the left or right could trigger an explosion.
0: We meet Misha and two of his fellow sappers, Roman and Georgi, while they're on break from the front line. We talk around a weathered picnic table that they call their conference room. The men are all in their 30s. They trained for three months and have been on the front lines of Russia's war on Ukraine for seven months. They spend up to 20 consecutive days on each mission. Misha is boyish and blue-eyed. His wife is in Germany, where he used to work in
1: construction. I chose to be a sapper because I imagined that you were working in silence, in peace, quietly looking for mines, and the shooting is somewhere far away. while well, I was wrong.
0: The sappers walk ahead of the other Ukrainian soldiers. They are right in the line of fire. Roman knows firsthand how dangerous this can be. He's tall and sunburned and used to repair churches before the war. He says two of his fellow sappers died on a mission this spring. Roman was badly injured.
1: I was wounded in the leg. Tank fire. I spent a month
0: recovering in the hospital and another month recovering at home. I was still in a rehabilitation at home when the counteroffensive began. The sappers are mainly looking for two kinds of explosives anti personnel mines and anti tank mines. Georgi, who is bearded with a gravelly voice, explains that Russian soldiers sometimes stack the explosives. <laughs> They put something small under an anti tank mine, like a grenade. If we don't pull it out properly, there could be an explosion. It's called a trap mine. Misha
1: chimes in. They try to trick us all the time, thinking they're smarter than us, and we're trying to outwit them.
0: Sometimes, he says, the Russians stack three mines on top of each other. Misha calls this a sandwich. And, he adds, Russians often hide explosives in unexpected places, like inside an energy drink. They'll put like a mine in a a can of Red Bull.
1: Even cigarettes.
0: Sometimes it's even cigarettes? It can be everything. The men admit that each mission to demine the front line feels like it could be their last. Roman says he tries to stay calm by considering the worst case scenarios and how to get out of them. What are the escape roads? What are the approaching roads? I consider as many options as possible. I will have plans ready to go in my head. Georgi does this too, but he says he also appeals to divine intervention. <laughs> I have my own little prayer, and I have an icon of the Virgin Mary inside my helmet. I pray for everyone on our mission. I repeat the prayer three times in my head and then say, thank God we are still alive. Just as we finish talking, a Ukrainian jet flies above. Assigned Russian missiles might be in the air. (laughs) Misha, Roman, and Georgi don't seem to notice. They go back to checking their metal detectors. Though some units use advanced equipment like infrared drones, most sappers, including this crew, work the old-fashioned way. They are now back on the front line.
1: That was NPR's Joanna Kikis is reporting, and she's with me here in Kiev. Wow, Joanna, those guys are really brave they're not only removing these explosive landmines, they're also getting shot at while they do it. I, do you have a sense of what their death toll is for sappers?
0: So the Ukrainian military won't tell us how many people have died, uh, but the, the men that we spoke to have all lost many, many colleagues. They're like, we go out there and it's like 50-50 whether we're going to come back. As all these men told me, one false move And it's over. Right, right.
1: I mean, that struck me too in your piece. I think you said they admit that each mission could be their last. I mm -hmm. mean, the the mental toll of this work must be intense.
0: Yeah, and the way they deal with it, they deal with it like every other soldier in Ukraine does. They're like one foot forward. And in their case, it's literally one foot forward (laughs) because that's all they can move because they realize that they have no choice right now. They have to clear that front line because if they don't clear those landmines the counteroffensive is going to fail.
1: Wow, just a a feeling of urgency to do this very painstaking, dangerous work. Do you have a sense, does the Ukrainian military have enough sappers to complete the mission?
0: Well, again, um, we're not able to get the numbers of total sappers that they have, but we do know that recruiting them is a challenge. Um, not everybody wants to do this. It's, again, very, very dangerous work. Now, the sappers told us they're getting paid well, which is one reason why they're doing it. They have families, many of them not in Ukraine right now. They have to send money to support them. And a couple even told us that, you know, after, after this all ends, you know, hoping that there will be victory and we get our uh, territory back, we still have to demine that, too, so people can live in it. Right. Um, and they're saying, like, if we can actually survive this war, maybe I'll keep doing it. Maybe I'll train other people to do it in the future.
1: It's, I mean, it's going to be a problem in Ukraine, uh, no matter the outcome of this war for decades.
0: Yeah, Ukraine's going to be living with this problem for a very long
1: time. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for your reporting.
0: Thank you, Greg.
1: And thank you for listening to the State of Ukraine from NPR News. We'll see you again soon.